Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. <laughs> oh. That's funny, huh? Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. That's right. We also work our nine-to-five jobs together, we teach together, and we own the Lovett Company. We do so much together, and we wanted to share some of our tips and tricks for living out our 24-7 relationship. That's right, a relationship that is all day, every day. Plus, we wanted to share with you how we managed to run our business alongside full-time jobs and still find time for kids, chores, and fun. So in this podcast, the Success in Black and White podcast, we will talk about navigating the gray in life. So get ready, get ready, get ready. We're going to be bringing to you real talk concepts every week as we share some of our stories, best practices, as well as talk to guests about how they found success by doing extraordinary things in their everyday lives. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Success in Black and White, the podcast. You really going to do this to me again? I'm sorry. You know I'm the one that says the podcast. <laughs> Let me try it again. You really? Why do you always, why do you keep doing this? Come on. Welcome back to Success in Black and White. The podcast. Uh, so sorry. Goodness, you do this to me, and you just Every started time. doing this recently. I know. Like, you just cutting me off. You don't want me to do my part? You trying to do the whole podcast by yourself. You know mine is the podcast. You're right. Okay. So All right. Go ahead. Yes. Good gracious. I know. I'm so sorry. Let me get my notes pulled up. Okay. Get your notes pulled up. <laughs> so today we are talking about um, something a little bit different because typically we talk about leadership principles or principles for success. Right. And today we are actually going to talk about the lies that men and women believe. That's right. Um, I thought it would be an interesting topic to really get into just because I know that there are definitely lies that are pretty standard that women believe across the board. And I assume that there are lies that men believe as well. And so I wanted to get into those and just talk about what those are and how to overcome those. That's right. And with um, what we're going to be talking about today is based on our perceptions yes, and our perspective. Mm-hmm. So I'm not speaking for all the men in the world. And I'm assuming that you're not speaking for all the women in the world. No. All right, cool. I'm Let's speaking for all that was our disclaimer. You yeah. know, people gonna come back at us and I be know. like, not I me. I don't believe that. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure I put that disclaimer out there. This is based on our perception and our perspective. Yes. All agree. right. Okay, cool. Yes, definitely agree. So um, do you want to do life updates first? Yeah, we can do a life update. Okay. What do you have? Well, obviously, you know what I have. We just came back from a trip. We did come back from a trip. We went to the beach. We took our first family vacation as a family of four Yeah. to the beach. Yep. So that was, it was, it was a trip. It was a trip. <laughs> it was fun. You know what? I'm not going to even front. It was fun to see the kids enjoy themselves, even though we worked the entire time yes yeah family trips are not like vacations for the parents no like you don't get to rest nope or relax nope 
or take any time for yourself. Nope. <laughs> but they had fun. And they it, had a ball. It yeah. brought me joy to see Vaughn have his first beach time. Yeah. And then to see Anna be able to go back to the beach. But to see her interact and have fun and play with her brother yeah like that, that was, was like that brought me joy to see that so yeah they were very cute together yeah I agree. so that's my life update i enjoyed and got joy out of seeing them enjoy themselves um and, and i know we work very hard and that's part of one of the reasons that i work very hard because i want to give back to them yeah and, and that's one of the things that i enjoy and that i work hard to do to give back to them so we had a chance to do that this past weekend so very excited about that yeah also looking forward to a vacation <laughs> like without the kids without the kids <laughs> me too we were talking about it on the way home like where can we go that's yeah. just the two of us with no children yeah i guess another life update our best friends or my best friend which is not her best friend jamal and Lori. Um, we got a chance to stop by and visit with them, and yeah. Lori had her first visit with Devon. Yes, she got yeah, to meet him she got to meet him for the first time. Even yeah. though Jamal met him when he was born, because he came up with with the fellas, and they yeah. came to visit me and check on me. And um, I know it's not because Lori just didn't want to, just the way that things played out, because they also have two kids as well. Yeah. So she hadn't had a we chance. Yeah, she hadn't had a chance to meet him. He was so cute, though. He was like flirting with her and like <laughs> he would like duck and dodge and like look at her and like flash his dimples. Yeah. And his blue eyes and bat his eyes at her. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So that was, I guess that was, I definitely wanted to share that because they yeah. are family to yeah, us. Family. So she had yeah. a chance to meet him and we had a chance to hang out with them. Yeah. And they had a chance to go and play with Kyla and Xavier. Yeah. They're so kids. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. That Uh-oh, was I guess. Well, I'll check with Jamal. I just said his kid's name's live. <laughs> Please forgive me. <laughs> no, nah, I'll check with him to make sure. I hope. I don't think we'll have to edit it out because they're good people. But yeah, I just said his kid's name all out in public like that. Nah, like it's all good. Yeah, they family, they family to us. Um, yeah, that was fun. I wish we lived closer. I oh, wish we had friends. That was the first thing we said when we got yeah. in the car when we were leaving. I was like, dang, it'd yeah. be nice to like it'd live so close. Nice to be there. Yeah. And that's like your brother. Yep. I mean, you guys grew up together. Yeah. Yeah. Episode three. Yeah. I think it's three. Maybe. Yeah. Three. <laughs> Episode three. Go back and listen. Yeah. All right. They're good people. Yes. Um, I was trying to think if I have any life updates. I don't know. I think I know this week for sure is the um, teacher appreciation week. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I just want to say to anybody out there, if you are a teacher, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Especially if you are a daycare teacher, because God bless you for spending eight hours a day with two year olds. Uh, Yes, definitely. When I walk in there, I'm just like, like, somebody get me out of here. Like, we get the kids, uh, let's you go. so much. Yeah, we appreciate you. So, if it's Teacher Appreciation Week for anybody else, we appreciate you. We know it's hard work. We see it. We love you guys. Yeah, shout out to the yeah. teachers. Shout out to my sister, Priscilla. Yes. She is. She she's an administrator now, yeah. but she, she was a teacher for some years. Yeah. And now she's an administrator, but still, shout out to anybody yes. that... Um, does that as a profession i commend you y'all should get paid more yes y'all are the real mvps yes yes bless you all um okay well let's jump into our episode okay 
I really, um, I don't know why my brain came up with this topic. I mean, you were game for it, which is good. Um, and then I started getting into it and I'm like, gosh, I hope this is like Daryl said, probably a disclaimer. Like it may be, you know, lies that we think that are perpetual amongst the genders. Right. Um, but it may or may not be true for you. So just take it with a grain of salt. What we're going to talk about. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm over there looking at your notes and then I look down at my little phone I know. and I do one <laughs> stroll and I'm through it. So But this is typical. Yep, let's go for it. Okay, so I'll start because I have four lies that women believe. How many lies do you Wait a minute, time out. Oh, uh uh-oh. What did you tell me when we were going to do this episode? You said three. (gasps) Sorry, I had one more. I thought of one more. Oh, so you know what? Because I know you so well, Uh I came with five. Oh! Boom! Boom. I came with five. I was like, I know she's going to do something. She's going to try to catch me off guard. She's talking about something. Hey, just pick your top three or not even your top to just pick three that you think you can talk about this is what she told me before we got on here i'm gonna tell y'all so i'm looking over here in notes and she kind of got pages and then she gonna say i did four and i was like gotcha i got five but he knows me well see all right that's good so that means do i get to do my five or do i get to do my four so do five no i'm gonna do four because you got four but i do have a fifth one just in case you think of one but don't try to think of one because my fifth one was a stretch <laughs> oh okay all right then just do your five. all right okay do you want me to start or you want to you start? can start okay. um let's go back and forth so we're okay. doing like a women and then men okay. all right um so the very first lie that women believe is that this is the first one I thought of and I think this is a lie that's perpetual because I not only have friends that I've talked to about it and we all feel the same way um but I see it online a lot like it's on social media and people are talking about it on social media so I think this is a pretty widespread lie and that is the lie that if you are a career woman then you're not a good mom so like you have a full-time job then you're also not a good mom but if you're a mom like maybe you're a stay-at-home mom then you're not a good career woman Hmm. and yeah but this is interesting this is i assume i'm gonna assume that this is probably not a lie that men have heard about themselves or that you think about yourselves Mm -mm. like you probably think i'm a good dad no matter what Mm -hmm. whether i'm at home or whether i'm working in a career right Right. So this is pretty prevalent, I think, um, just from talking to other women um, and just online, just articles and stuff. I think that this is internally for me, this is the one that I fall victim to the most often. And I think about um, even, for example, like last week um, when Vaughn was sick and we had to keep him home, I felt like, I don't feel like I'm being a good career woman because I also have a full-time job, but I'm at home with my sick kid. And so I feel guilt that I'm not in the office. Um, It also kind of works vice versa. So if I'm in the office and I'm getting stuff done, but I also kind of have this underlying guilt the entire time that I'm working that like maybe my kids don't think I love them because I'm working full time and I'm not with them. But I think this is pretty widespread. Like I think that people, I think women especially kind of fall victim to this lie that you have to be one or the other and you can't be both. I think that's true. Um, I think that is counter to one of my lies about men. Really? Yeah. So I'm not going to talk about it right now because it's one of mine. But 
I definitely agree with you um, because I have, you know, a lot of sisters and a lot of nieces and nephews um, and being the mother and playing that traditional mother role is something that if you've been brought up in that environment that sticks with you and it's a part of who you are. And no matter how much you hear or how many people tell you that you're more than just that, when you're brought up in that, that's a part of you. And it's hard to shake that sometimes. And when you have those um, guilty, you know, feelings, I can totally understand that. Um, But it's hard for me to tell you that. Yeah, it is. It's not true. Like, don't uh, like I'm telling you, I'm like, but it's not true. (laughs) Why are you stressing over that? You know, I'm like, your job's going to be there. The work is going to be there. Yeah. Like, don't stress over it. Like, you don't have to be everything all the time. Yeah. And I kind of want to ask you from a man's perspective, because I feel like this is not as prevalent for men. Mm Do you have advice for women to just kind of chill and relax and know that you're both a good mom and a good career woman, you know, no matter what role you play in your full time life, whether you're a stay at home mom, whether you, you know, have a career and you're working full time, like what advice as somebody who works full time and you consider your good dad and you consider yourself a good dad, what advice do you have for women to kind of overcome this? So, um, I really don't have advice for women. (laughs) So let me put that out there. I don't have, but, but I do have advice. My advice is not for the women. My advice is for the men. Mm. And when you were feeling like that, I took it offensively, like, and personal because, I felt like it was directed towards me. And I was like, well, what can I do to help you navigate through these feelings, to navigate through these thoughts? What am I doing so that you don't have to feel like you have to be everything all the time? Mm. So for the men, I'm like, dang, what can I do to be more supportive? What can I do to help her through this? Because I'm not going to be able to give you advice because my advice is going to be exactly what I told you. Right. Like, get over it. Like, get over it. <laughs> like, it's not that serious. Right. And, you know, that really didn't work for you because you right. still felt the same way. So it was kind of like a self-check for me. Um, so my advice would be back to the men is to think about how you're supporting mm you know, the women when they're in these states and how do you support the women to help them navigate through these times? How do you help support the women so that they don't feel like this? And I was immediately thinking like, what more can I do so that you don't feel like you have to carry this load or this burden by yourself? Oh, okay. And that's kind of where I went with my thought when you were going through that, I was like, all right, well, how can I help out more with the kids? How can I help out more at home? How can I give more back to her? So she doesn't have to feel like she has to carry this load because for some reason she feels like she have to. And I'm also here to support her and to help her as we raise the children together, Mm -hmm. you know, as we take care of the house together, as we support and provide for our family together. And the fact that you felt that burden on you, I was like, you know, what can I do to help her? I, I, I kind of thought for a short period of time, like, dang, I ain't doing enough, you know, and, and I had to catch myself. I was like, nah, that's not it. Both of y'all can't be in this funk together. <laughs> so I was like, nah, shake that off, D. I was like, find out what you can do to help. So as you were kind of stressing and he was sick, 
I was like, hey, what can I do? You need me to run and get something? Yeah. Can I just take them for a minute? I'll take this half of the day. You take the half of the day since you feel like you have to go in and get work done. And that was the approach that I took. So that would be the advice that I would give to the men. For the women, I really don't have any advice. Um, I was hoping that you would have did that. <laughs> but, you know, also for the women, I guess I, I would share this with the women is that um, sometimes the men are helping or want to help. Mm-hmm. And it may not be the way that you need them to help. So tell them the way that you need them to help. Also, if they are helping, acknowledge that they're helping. Um, because sometimes if it's not acknowledged, I know for me particularly, I'm just like, oh, well, this doesn't matter that much. Mm-hmm. Stop. And then when it comes back around full circle, you're like, oh, like, can I get you to help me with something? I'm just like, oh, like I was, but you didn't say anything. So I didn't know if you needed that help. And I backed off. Um, So I guess for the women to to make sure that you're sharing with with your man or your partners that, you know, this is how I need you to be here for me. This is how I need you to help. This is what really helps me get through. And also making sure that you acknowledge when they are helping, because when they are doing things, um, just say, Hey, I appreciate that. Thanks. And, you know, we'll say, ah, this matters. She notices this, she appreciates this. So I'm going to keep doing this to help. So I guess I did come up with some advice for the women. No, that's good. Um, I think that's really good. And I think it kind of stems back to communication methods. Definitely. I know, especially for women, there are times where we're, if we're so overwhelmed and we've got work and then we feel like we're trying to be good moms and do it all and we take a majority of that burden and then we might be looking at our partners like, can you help more? Or like, why do I need to tell you to help more? But that's not really fair because- right. If we need help with something, we have to be the ones to say, please come help me because you can't assume that somebody's going to read your mind. Right. That's just not how it works. I mean, Daryl might be like, she seems like she's got it covered. And in my head, I'm like, I really need his help, but I also want to seem like I have it together. You know, like women are, we are complicated. Right. So I think that's great advice. I think, you know, back to the communication, just making sure you're communicating. Um, about about April, though, um, and she doesn't know that she had no idea. I was about to say what I'm about to say, but I know like when she's to that point to like, I really need him to come help her. Like she is very she's feisty <laughs> and the doors will start to close a little bit harder. The cups will come down on the table and the counters a little bit harder. The cabinets will close a little bit harder. Her feet will march a little bit harder as she's walking through the house i'm like all right like what i'm like what is she doing right now okay she's making dinner and she's slamming to me is slamming cabinet doors and slamming cups i'm like all right let me go in here and see if i can help and i walk around the kitchen i'm like hey you need me to set the table you need me to grab forks you need me to grab plates what you need and she's like uh if you could just go get the kids and bring them in here and just get them ready i'm like cool i got it <laughs> but uh yeah no that's true it ha- pay attention <laughs> Pay attention. That is, I'm glad that you pay attention. And that's true that sometimes I get in that and I'm like, oh, like in your head, you're just like, I just want you to come help me, but I don't want to have to tell you to come help me because it defeats the purpose. But then there's times where I might be slamming stuff around and it's really just because I'm like in a hurry and in my head, I'm not even thinking like I need the help. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I got to hurry and get this done. So it's just interesting. Women are very complicated. That's the same as needing help though. Like for you to feel like you're in a hurry, like that's, that's the same as I need help. If yeah. I come and help you with it, you won't have to be in a hurry to get 
all of it done. That is so true. We talking to each other right now, y'all. I know. We I are. was about to say <laughs> we talking to each other right now. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, I got it. Like, yeah. all right, cool. But I would also say, um, just to women, you know, take a cue from what Daryl said. Like, I know it's hard, but if men don't have these feelings of guilt that we so often have as women about being a full time working person and also being a mother like men don't have this so why do we like why should we bear the burden of that guilt and so I know it's hard but I think sometimes just a shift in that mindset change definitely you know why do I feel so guilty about this men don't feel that way so why should I (laughs) you know yes what she just said yes so that was helpful. So what's your first lie that men believe? All right. My first one, and, and I like went all the way there, um, is you have to be tough all the time. Ooh, okay. Um, and like being tough is a determinant of your masculinity. And like growing up, I always heard like, stop being so soft. And why are you crying? Like boys don't cry. And like be a real man. And like as I got older, I'm like, what is a fake man? Like, I don't know. That's just kind of like just a question that I ask. Like, what is a fake man? But um, like growing up, like I learned how to bottle like a lot of my emotions because I was supposed to be tough and I really didn't express my emotions. And um, I think that that was shown a lot growing up. So I grew up in a house full of women. So I have, you know, five sisters, my mom. And obviously my dad was there, but in his role and his profession, like he was gone a lot and he was doing a lot, um, you know, externally. And so it was kind of like me and the women. But at the same time, it was like I had to be the man. I had to be the tough one. And then I also spent a lot of time with my cousins. And and I'm going to share a story with y'all about um, how they used to try to make me tough. Um, But I used to spend a lot of time with my cousins. So I would stay at their house and. They knew that I had all the sisters and, and they often referred to me as soft and they would try to make me tough and they would <laughs> they would beat me up. They almost kind of like um, what do you call it? Like when you you like you I don't want to use this example because it's not it. But like a, a lot of like fraternity and sororities get in trouble for hazing. Oh, hazing. Yes. Yeah, they hazed Aww. me. Um, so like I would go and stay with my cousins and, and, and they would make me do, you know, things to make me be tough and they would beat me up and bully me to make me be tough. And it was all out of love. And, and um, I remember one time um, I was visiting uh, with my cousins and the pear tree story. Oh, we, were yeah. throwing, <laughs> we were throwing the pears, the pears <laughs> at each other. And, and it's like we used to do crazy stuff to prove that we were tough. And they would like we would like fight each other and they would make the little cousins fight each other and make us rough and tough. And, and they would tell them, you know, stop being soft, man up. And, and I felt like a lot of my years was trying to prove the fact that I was tough and I never learned how to share my emotions, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I, I feel like a lot, I'm speaking from my perspective because a lot of my cousins and a lot of my friends were this same way. So a lot of the games that we played were tough games, you know? pick it up, bust them up. I mean, you throw the football up and a person get it and it's every man for himself <laughs> and, and you go and tackle them, 
tackle him with the football. And, you know, manhunt. Yeah. You know, we used to play all these games. It's always, always about how tough you were. And I used to always get into like little altercations. And even my dad would be like, boy, stop crying so much. Mm-hmm. And it became a point to where, like I said, I would bottle my emotion and stuff. And I like learn how to not cry. And, and what's so crazy is, and this is off topic, but it'll bring it right back. I learned how to not cry. So even when I used to get in trouble and I used to get whoopings, like I would literally make myself cry because I learned how to be so tough that when I was getting a whooping, I wouldn't cry because I was getting a whooping. Like, But then you would keep getting. But then I would keep getting get, whooping until, until I cried. <laughs> so I learned how to make myself cry. Just so that I can stop getting whippings. But when you talk about being tough, I learned how to like not cry, how to suck it up, as they would say. Um, and then as I got older, I was like, you know what? This is crazy. Like, why am I being tough? Like, I'm hurting inside right now. I need to go chill. I need to go reconcile with myself. I need to go get right. Because being tough, you know, you bottle it up, you bottle it up, and then you have either those explosive moments or either you've bottled it up so much that you break down on the inside. Wow. So as you got older, how did you um, teach yourself that it was okay to have emotions and show emotions? And like, is there an appropriate time to? Is there not an appropriate time to? Like, how did you teach yourself that emotional intelligence and how to regulate? Definitely. Um, I think that the first thing that I really had to do was to get in touch or in tune with myself because I used to bottle it up. And for some reason, like I would bottle it up and then I would tell myself, you good. It's all good. But I really wasn't. And, And it would just pack, pack, pack down. And then like every now and then I would have like blowouts and and no matter who it's with or or what it was about it would just be real big and even if I got in trouble it would just kind of be like whatever and that would kind of be all of it just out so I started to um just kind of get into it myself and when I was feeling a certain type of way or I'm like ah like I just got so much you know emotions and I want to get this out but I got to be tough I'm like all right just get it together get with yourself Meaning I would go in my room typically mm-hmm. and I just be like, all right, cool. And I would find stuff to do in my room. And that's kind of how I started, like building stuff, putting stuff together, drawing. I used to draw and color and do all kind of crazy stuff just to get it out. And like, dang, like, got to get over this, man. You got to get over this. And um, like at a point in my life, I realized that, all right, what's another way that you can do this without closing yourself off in a room? If you're out and about. And something's not going your way and, you know, you won't you need to check your emotions without being tough and holding it in. So then I found out. All right. And that's when I started walking. I found out like I got to move. I got to walk. I got to keep moving because as I'm moving, like I'm kind of shaking it off. And that's what I taught myself. So as I walk and, and what's so crazy is when I walk, people, if they saw me walking after I was like frustrated or or I had so much emotion built up, they would probably think that something was wrong with me. Because <laughs> when I walk after that, I don't just like, you know, walk. I'm just taking a walk. Nah, like I'm like shaking my arms and every now and then you might see me just jump and just come down and do a squat and like people would probably be looking at me like what is wrong with this what is he he doing but that's how I do it and then sometimes like later on after I started doing that I put music in Uh, 
and I just be walking and just kind of like shaking it off and just kind of like not really dancing, but just releasing the yeah. energy and the emotions. And I'd be talking to myself. I'd be like, all right, D, like you got to get yourself together. And that's kind of how I started to deal with it. And it wasn't so much about being tough. It was about, like you said, managing your emotions Mm -hmm. and managing how you um, let it out. But like I said, growing up, it was like, don't cry, be tough, Mm -hmm. suck it up, man up, be a man, be a real man. What's a fake man? I don't know. Just, you know, so um, I think that I know for me. And a lot of my cousins and a lot of my friends, like that was something that was like pushed on us by our bigger cousins, by our fathers or father figures, our uncles. Like they would always make us challenge each other and be tough. And, you know, we could run into a wall as hard as we could. And they would like, get up, shake it off, be tough. I'm like concussion, head trauma, brain bleeding. What's going on? They're like, be tough. Suck it up. Be a man. That's what it's about. I'm like, no, it's not. Take me to get x-rays. I need an MRI. Like, when my little dude, like, when he fall or something go wrong, like, I look at him before I'm like, shake it off. I'm like, all right, you good? Like, what's going on? And then if I see him pop up and kind of do his little waddle, I'm like, all right, shake it off. Brush him off. You know what I mean? But I want to make sure that I teach him how to be expressive um and and like you said the right way i mean is there is there a right way or is there a wrong way to do it i don't know i don't know we talk about navigating the gray so like what is best for you and i'm like i'm gonna tell them everything i'm like if this works for you do this if Mm -hmm. this works for you do this try whatever you need to to figure out what works with you but i'm i'm not gonna push that be tough on them yeah um so I think that definitely causes problems, especially with men, because that's what they're always taught. Yeah. Um, And we know that, you know, emotional intelligence and managing those emotions is something that is super important for people to learn how to do. So you're not bottling them up or keeping them in. Definitely. But you're also expressing them in an appropriate manner for the situation and in front of the people that you're in front of. So um, I'm happy that you are (laughs) able to do that. And I'm happy that you are willing to work with our children because I see it and you do an amazing job working with kids of like... I mean, sometimes we're like, stop crying because we know it's just like you're whining. Yeah, just because. a lot of times it's like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry, but you need to think through why. Yeah. Think through an appropriate response. And so, you know, I see him work with Anna a lot on that too. Definitely. Before you jump to your next one, I just thought about this. Um, With men who have to prove that like they're in charge or they're, big man on campus especially when somebody tries you i'm going to use the term try you You know what i'm saying like oh he tried me and you got to defend your you know your manhood your masculinity like i know on multiple occasions where i had to be tough and i was fighting and didn't even know why i was fighting but it was because i had to be tough Mm. and being tough sometimes mean walking away from a situation that's true. You know, yeah, and, and instead I, of fighting. Yeah, instead of fighting, I had to definitely share that because I know there are many, many, many times that I would be fighting. And after I'm done fighting, I'm like, what was I even fighting about? Do I even feel tough? Yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't win every fight. I'm like, I just got beat up and I'm still not tough. And I was fighting to prove that I was tough. So am I really tough? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I definitely want to share that um, being tough sometimes mean walking away. Yeah. And that's the toughest part of being tough is knowing when to walk away. So, all right, what you got next? Okay, so the next lie for women, and this is pretty, again, I think perpetual um, and broad reaching, especially in America. If you are not beautiful or sexy by American standards, then you do not have value in society. Um, And that was a sad one for me to type, but I think it's really true. I think that Um, women feel like they have to portray this image. And I think that social media really helps perpetrate this lie and this belief. Um, And the thing about social media is it's really mostly fake. (laughs) I mean, you think about it and like... Most of it. Yeah, all these women, especially the women on there that you see, like everything is curated. So they have these... um, a lot of women will get like lip fillers and injections or they'll like get their eyebrows done. I can't remember what it's called. You like get your eyebrows tattooed on and and you're you have a lot of money maybe and so you have new wardrobe and you're like working out 17 hours a day. And so you look a certain way, but it's not real. And then there's kind of this lie that's like I woke up like this, you know, and I love Beyonce a lot, but you know, that whole, I woke up like this, like I don't do anything and I just look like this when I wake up and (laughs) I'm trying to hold it together over here and I'm looking at you crazy right now. Yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? (laughs) Because you said women get their eyelashes tattooed on their eyebrows oh eyebrows okay mm-hmm. they get their eyebrows tattooed yeah, on yeah there's a certain like term for it Mm-mm. and i can't remember don't tell me is. nothing else about it keep going <laughs> okay i gotta keep it together for the rest of this oh, episode and i'm about to lose it right now i, I was mean, looking at you like wait a minute did she just say somebody get eyebrows tattooed on maybe i guess i'm not on social media enough to see this now, when we get done talking, I'm actually going to yeah. go and look up, look up tattooed eyebrows. I mean, I, I kind of get it because, like, <laughs> I'll do my eyebrows, you know, with, like, a powder every day. But I know men don't get that. Oh, my I goodness. Know, tattooed eyebrows. Yeah. But here's the thing. I think when people, especially other women, make it look like I put little effort into looking like this or, you know, maybe they spend a lot of money or they have a... Um, what do you call them? A beautician or an esthetician. Um, And then they have like a stylist and they've got hair people and makeup people. And the rest of women feel like, well, I don't look like that. And so I don't have any value in society because my society is telling me that my worth and my value is in my looks. And to me, it just, I mean, I get it. Like, I get that. Uh And I think you want to look your best. But at the same time, like, we're all going to look different from each other anyway. Definitely. And a lot of that comes from the reality TV as well. Yeah, that too. Um, Man, the Kardashians. Oh, we're not calling people out by names. Well, but you know what? The Kardashian, like, people go in, women will go in and ask for a Kardashian butt at a plastic surgeon or they'll ask for the Kardashian nose and there's nothing wrong. Like they're very beautiful women and I'm sure that there is a lot of good that they have done in society, but it's okay. definitely way to clean it up. Good job. The reality, <laughs> the reality TV way, way to clean it up. Yes, Girl, we don't want know? them. Ugh. Like I'm never going to look like a Kardashian. Yeah. Let's be real. 
Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I have less value or worth. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the true. point where women will get really mm-hmm. caught up in, I have to look a certain way. I have to have a certain image or I have no value and worth in society. That just makes me really sad because there's so many more things that women contribute to. So. Yeah. I have five sisters, so. Yeah. You know. I know. Yeah. And definitely with them. I love y'all. I know y'all listen, or at least I hope y'all listen. And if y'all don't, then shame on you. But if you are listening to this, I'm talking about you. So my sisters, they had a hard time with this growing up. You know, our background and and in the church and like the stuff that they used to have to wear. Like They didn't start wearing pants until, geez, I don't know. So they had to wear the long dresses, the long skirts, no makeup, no piercings, Mm -hmm. hair certain way, like very natural. I mean, nothing is wrong with natural, but like Mm -hmm. everything, whereas their friends and things were wearing pants and they were wearing the stylish stuff and they were getting hairdos and some of them were, you know, lip gloss and, and different things like that. And my sisters couldn't do any of that. And I actually witnessed them getting bullied because of certain things like that because they didn't look a certain way or they didn't fit in into the the society norm and um and i actually witnessed them getting bullied and and getting picked at and i even defended them some of the times for that and that was a lot of reasons why i got into a lot of fights because <laughs> i would defend them i remember you said that. yeah i remember on a bus one time we were going to school on a bus and this girl named fully Okay, this girl, sorry, I didn't mean to say her name, but I, she probably don't listen anyways. Felicia was her name. She was picking on my sisters, and I knew Felicia had older brothers, Travis, and, or cousins and brothers, and mm-hmm. Travis and all of them. So Felicia was picking, I'm just like, I stepped in, and I was like, hey, like, ha, 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 like, funny. Like, okay, you made a joke, but have you looked in the mirror recently? Mm-hmm. And then her brother said something to me, and then I was like, what's up? Yeah. And that's when I had to be tough. And we were scrapping on the bus. And then I got spinning off the bus. And then I got a whooping when I got home. And then I had to walk additional distance to get to my cousin's house to catch a ride to school. Like, it was crazy. But I remember specifically talking about what you're talking about now yeah. and the American standards and what the young ladies wear and how mm-hmm. they dress and how society perceives it. And I remember my sisters them getting bullied because of that um but now i mean they're beautiful they were beautiful then they're beautiful now and and they've kind of adjusted and changed a little bit um and kind of do their own thing i think for women that's the that's the key to this is that there is beauty in our differences Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of like if you look a certain way like i remember the craziness that was a couple maybe like a year or two ago where like these teenage girls would like suck really hard on like a bottle to inflate their lips the fat lip girls yes is super dangerous Mm -hmm. but it just i don't know it just this one makes me really sad because every woman is beautiful and instead of looking at in our differences in ways that make us beautiful like 
you have freckles. You're beautiful because of your freckles, not, you know, don't cover them up or like your hair is super curly and mine is super straight. Like we can still be beautiful. We don't have to look the exact same way. And I just think in America, we're not good at this. Um, women are often seen still as sex symbols. And that means that we have to look a certain way. And that means that if you don't look that way, then you don't feel like you have value. Yeah. So we take this one personal though with our daughter because she is going to look different in a lot of her settings. Her hair is curly and her skin is dark. And so we want to make sure that we're instilling in her that you are beautiful because of who you are, not because of how you wear your hair, not because of makeup, not because of the clothes you have on, but because of who you are. And if anybody tells you anything different, tell them to come see your daddy. (laughs) see the daddy and I think it's important too to understand that you can do like women are beautiful even when they do wear makeup or if you choose to wear certain things like that's perfectly fine it's just when you get caught in the trap of I want to look so bad like somebody else yeah that I don't want to look like myself anymore and then your self-worth goes down and the reality is like you have so much more to contribute right besides everybody gets old and wrinkly and dies anyway so you're not always going to be young and beautiful it's true i got grays coming in now so they're so good you look so good all right but this about you and your lie though okay well let's move on to your next all right let me pull it back up um my second lie which i know what it is but i'll just read it off of here is that and once again this is based on my perception or my perspective is that my value is measured by how i compare to other men oh and what i mean by that is that like how valued I feel or how much value I feel in what I bring or offer is based on how I compare to other men. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from, you know, when you're growing up and, and as, a, as a little boy, you're always like put in situations or in conversations to where you're being compared to other people. You're being challenged by other people, especially if you're doing things like in sports. Specifically, I'll speak about sports. It's kind of like, oh, did you see little so and so? And this could be the parents or, or anyone else talking on behalf of the of the little boy. Oh, did you see so-and-so? He did X, Y, Z. You're like, oh, well, did you see my so-and-so? He did X, Y, Z. Oh, well, my so-and-so scored 10 back. Well, my so-and-so scored 12 baskets. Mm. And as a, as a little kid to hear kind of those conversations, you're like, well, I guess I feel like I have to compare myself to others as to how I'm performing or how I'm living or what I'm doing to determine my value. Um, that was just a sport analogy, but just as a person, when you think about it, um, for me particularly, my dad <laughs> used to cut my hair when I was little, and by no means was he a professional barber. <laughs> and I love my pops, and <laughs> me and him could have this conversation if he would have it, but he used to give me the bowl cuts. Right. So if you don't know what that is, that's basically if you take a bowl, put it on your head, cut around the bowl and shave everything below that off and then leave the rest up there. That's how my mom used to cut my sister's hair. So, oh, I'm sorry, Chantel. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I used to get the bowl cut. Right. So when I used to go to school, like people used to make fun of me. And when you're talking about your value based on being compared to other men, because I didn't have the fade or, you know, the clean all around cut or the sharp edge and tape like all of the other boys, like I felt devalued 
because I would compare myself to them based on them making fun of the haircut that I used to have. Yeah. It used to be the same thing. I don't be all and up, you know. <laughs> it used to be the same thing about like clothes and stuff. Like we had a big family, and my parents did an awesome job of making it do what it do with what we had. Mm-hmm. You know, so my cousins them used to give me clothes and used to give me shoes and things like that. And my parents and they did buy me some stuff, but you know, they bought me a pair of shoes and it had to last me. And if it got a couple of holes in it or got some wear and tear, it still had to last me. Whereas other families may have did different things for their kids. And I would always me, I would learn. I would always compare myself to what they had. I'm like, oh man, I got on these Walmart shoes. They wearing Nikes. Oh, devalue myself. Oh, man, they got on this and I got on this. Oh, devalue myself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that as a man, like we've learned and that kind of stuck with me as I grew up and got older. And even into the sports, when I started playing sports, I'm like, all right, I got to work a little bit harder. And, you know, in the weight room, this person is benching 135 as opposed to being happy for this person benching 135 and me doing the best that I could and lift what I could. I'm over here like, dang, I got to figure out how to get 135, Mm -hmm. you know, in middle school. I'm like, geez. And I spent so much time chasing what everybody else is doing because I found value in everybody else because I was comparing myself to them because of something that I had learned. And a lot of men deal with this. If you think about it, you know, when you drive around and you see somebody driving in a nice sports car, I'm like, dang, I got to get one of them. Like, for what? Why do I want a Lamborghini? Like, I'm 6'2", almost 6'3". Like, I got to squeeze into it. And then if I want it to be custom, then I got to make enough money to get it custom. Like, this is crazy. I don't even really want no Lamborghini. You know what I mean? It's like one of those things. So when you you base your values off comparing yourself to others. I think that's something that men do a lot. Um, and, and that's a lie. Like you're not valued based off how you compare to other men. Mm-hmm. You're valued off what you see in yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what it really comes down to. And sometimes it could be um, difficult and challenging to do that when society, which we were talking about for you, put certain expectation on you mm-hmm. because of who you are. And I think that for me personally, I had to learn how to navigate through that, too. Man, I didn't I didn't learn how to navigate through a lot of that gray area because none of it is ever just like in black or in white, pun intended. <laughs> but like navigating through that gray of those hard times of, of dealing with those different situations when you're in the midst of them. Yeah. So and I'm happy. I mean, as a, am not happy to hear you say that. I was but about to say you're happy that I'm devaluing. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. But as a woman, I think that this is something that is kind of like going back to what I was talking about before with beauty standards. Mm-hmm. Like this is just something that we do as well. So it's good to hear that women are not alone in this, Mm-mm. and that men are not the all confident, all powerful beings that you tend to seem to come off as. Right. Because for women, we do this too. We compare ourselves like. You know, do they have a better job? Do they seem like their home life and mm-hmm. their kids are, you know, behaving nicely? Or like, you know, did they get did that other woman get to go on that vacation? Like, how do they have all these new clothes? Like, it's just a, it's something that women deal with as well. So. And what's so crazy is it's become like an underlining like thing. Like mm-hmm. when I see my cousins and we do this all the time or other people and they're like, hey, what's up, man? Hey, I'm just trying to get like you, man. Yeah, I have. Yeah, you do say I that. I say it a lot yeah. and it just comes out naturally right. just because it's almost a, it's almost a gr- yeah. yeah. 
hey, I'm just trying to get to your level, man. Yep. Hey, you know, I'm just trying to be like you when I grow up. Yep. Like, and you say that, and now that I'm thinking about it and we're talking through this episode and it just registering with me as I'm thinking and talking through some of my life experiences is that's kind of how it is. Like, we've learned to accept that and put that into ourselves and base that on our values. It's like, I'm trying to get to where you are, man. I'm trying to be like you when I grow up because you're just thinking about like, all right, they, you know, they live in this big house. I'm trying to get like you. They drive this nice car. I'm trying to get like you disregarding that you got a house, you got a car. You know, it may not be what you want or what they have. I'm just trying to get like you. I'm just trying to be like you, man. That's so funny. I hear you say that often. I I know. Now I'm going to be aware. Yeah. Jeez. Come on. Let's keep moving. Okay. So I'm going to do one more lie that women believe just because I want to respect the time that we have left. Look at there. See, but we came prepared though. We came prepared. We was ready. You do one more and then I do one more. Okay, cool. All right. Okay. So I'm going to do this last lie. I think is again, another, this is true for me and definitely in the past, um, like early on in our relationship, this was true for me, but I think that women struggle with this just from talking to women and from like seeing different articles and seeing different things on social media. Um, the lie is that women can change the course of their relationship. Um, and that's a pretty powerful lie that women tend to believe. Um, I think because of the fact that women are naturally nurturers, even if it's not your personality to be very like emotional and like, you know, come here and let me hug you, you know, whatever you're still regardless a nurturer because women at our core are nurturers. But with that comes the fact that we may think because of that, we can influence the way a relationship goes. Um, I know like in the beginning of our relationship, I was like, if this relationship fails, it's on me. Like the blame would be on me. Or like if this relationship goes well, it's because I helped it go well. Like I allowed it to go well. And as time went on, I realized like, that's not true. I had to do a lot of self work to understand that for me to be in a relationship and be happy, I could only control myself and I couldn't control you. Like a lot of this is a control issue. And I think that women overall tend to have these feelings of like, we want to try to control the relationship and how it goes. But all you do is make yourself miserable when you try to do that because you can't control somebody else. You can't control how they're going to respond. You can only control you in relationships. And it can take a long time to really figure that out, especially if the relationship is new and you really want it to work and you're really pulling for it. And you're like, well, if I do this and this and this, then I can control how this relationship goes. And the reality is as a woman, you need to let go of that because your partner is going to have their own feelings and their own things that they're bringing to the relationship. And they have to have equal responsibility too. And when women take that and they say like, I control this relationship, I can make it go the way that I want it to, then you're taking away somebody else's responsibility in that relationship. And you're also taking away um, their advocacy for themselves in that relationship as well. Um, So I just want to clarify that. That is definitely a lie that women believe. Um, I know at least I've believed it. And I know that in discussions with friends, you know, they think that they can also control the way relationships go at times. And that's just not, it's not the way it is. Relationships are two way streets.
Yeah, I I don't want to speak for all men, but like we're not worried about that. Really? No, nah, we're not worried about that kind of stuff, like controlling the relationship. Hmm. Like, I've, I don't I I'll say what I'm about to say. And hopefully it's just it's not taken the wrong way. But like more so it's women that are trying to change the men to make them better. Agree. Men, we're not trying to change the women. Like we just, we got a what? We glad? We like yeah? Like we good? We in there? Yeah, we in there. That's how we think about it. So I mean, I I just like I said, I don't want to speak for like everybody, but I know specifically for me, I, I'm not. I'm not. Finna, I'm like I'm not gonna change you. Like I got you. Like I'm good. And then if if you not it. Like, all right, see you later. Peace out. <laughs> Whereas I feel like, and, and like I said, don't take this the wrong way, but the women are the ones that are like, like, I got him. I can see the good in him. I can see it right there. If right. I just reach and dig into him, I can pull that out. Yeah. So let me do that. And then he'll be perfect for me. Yeah. Whereas men, we like, uh, nah, you tripping. Bye. Oh, look, there another one is over there. <laughs> Like, but, but like I said, I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak for all. No, I mean, I think that's pretty accurate. I think women think that they can like, oh, I can change him. Yeah. Or, oh, I can change this relationship. Yeah. Or where men, I feel like are more laid back and just, yeah, I'm like, I'm just go with the flow. Like you're either with me or you're not with me, you know? Yeah. I'm I like, really I like got her. Like I'm yeah. over here balling. Like you see me, I got her. And then I'm like, nah, this ain't working. I ain't finna try to change you. I'm like, all right, on to the next one, on to the next one, on to the I next th- one. I think that this is rooted, honestly, very honestly, in insecurity. Uh. And when I know for like in times in my life or even like in times in our relationship where I've felt insecure are the times where I feel like I need to have that much more control of the relationship or try to have that control. In reality, I don't have any more control. Right. But in my mind, I might think I do. And so it just it's like this never ending cycle of craziness because there's no way I can control a two person relationship. Yeah. Like nobody can do that, but it's really rooted in an insecurity that I have about the relationship or about myself or about, you know, just whatever it is. And so, so my advice to women, if, if you are like me and you can get caught in this, like this lie that we can change the relationship, really examine yourself first and Mm -hmm. figure out, are there insecurities within yourself that you need to address and then just remember that you can't take away somebody else's advocacy and responsibility for bringing their best self to the relationship. You right. can't control that side of a person no matter what you do. Now, if it's if you're in a bad situation, maybe going to therapy together, like marriage counseling or something like that can help. But again, you can't make decisions for that person. Like that person is their own person. So there's right. no way that you can control the outcome of a relationship. Definitely. And here's the thing. If you are in a situation um, and, and for the man, yeah, I'm about to tell tell some of the business oh. so if you're ever in a situation for the for the ladies if you're ever in a situation to where you feel like you have to change a guy and there are insecurities involved or if there are doubts involved guys can peep that out mm. 
And when they peep that out, they just going to use that against you. And they just going to run it until it runs its course. <laughs> I'm telling you. And either you're going to get yeah. to a point to where you're stop trying to change them and accept uh, whatever it is that you're accepting or either you're going to get to a point to where they're going to run it until it's run its course and then they're going to bounce anyways. Mm-hmm. Guys can peep that and they're going to peep that. It's so funny because I'm just thinking about like there were t- in the beginning of any relationship, I feel like there's probably insecurities on both sides. But Definitely. I remember in the beginning of ours and I had some insecurities and I just remember, I remember you just shutting down and yeah. I can't blame you for that because I was probably driving you crazy, like thinking I could control the relationship and yeah. control the outcome or control how you're feeling. And now looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just want to roll my eyes at the younger me. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's it's true. I think women often feel like that. And it's refreshing to hear, like, I mean, it's, yeah, it could, it could be scary if you're a woman and you're in that situation. Definitely. This is the truth. It know, is coming from a man who's telling you the truth about men. We is, can peep that. And yeah. I'm telling you, we're going to run it until it's run, it run its course or either until you are complacent with your decision. Yeah. And either way, at some point in that relationship, you're going to have to have that hard conversation and you're going to have to agree to both make changes together or it's going to be an explosion and it's still going to end up with you two not being together. Yep. So agree. Yeah. I'm sorry guys for putting the business <laughs> out there, but to the, to the ladies, like that's just how it is. The real. Yep. It's the real, real talk. So what's your third lie? All right. I'm going to actually skip my third since we are only really going to do three and go okay. to my fourth. Right. Um, And I know specifically this is a lie that I've taken on and that I've experienced and that I've seen growing up um, through my own daddy and through other men um, that, you know, I've been associated with. But the lie of not asking for help or you don't have to ask for help or you're not required to ask for help. I'm like. Now thinking back, I'm like, this is the biggest. When you want to talk about lies, this is the biggest of them all, because growing up, what I experienced and what I was taught being a man, you don't have to ask for help. It's your duty or obligation to figure it out because you're a man. Wow. And I'm like looking back, I'm like, man, do you know how much stress and how much how much burden and how much I put on my shoulders of trying to figure everything out as a man. So basically what you're saying is I need to be an expert at everything. Mm. Mm I don't want to be no expert at everything. That's why there are other people here living with me. Right. For you to be an expert in your area, in your domain and rely on other people who are experts in their area and their, their domain to help you. And one of the biggest lies that men live by or believe is that you're not required to ask for help. Like you need to figure it out. Go figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I remember growing up sometimes when I'd be trying to do things, I'm like, hey, pops, like, hey, can you help me with this? Hey, go figure it out. You'll get it. And I'm just like, what? Where you could have came over there and I love you, pops. It ain't nothing against you, but you could have came over there and helped me in like three seconds. And then we could have been moving on and doing whatever it is that I needed to do. And it's the same thing with cousins, with family members, with uncles. 
they like, oh, no, you got to learn this the hard way. What? I'm like, learn this the hard way. You come over here and help me so that I can learn it. Yeah. You know, um, no, you got to learn like I did. And that's that old school, you know what I mean? That old school mentality. And I totally get it and I understand it. But moving forward, that's not a tradition that I'm going to keep with my son, Mm. you know, and and, and that's not a um, a thing that I'm going to keep on myself. Now, if I need help, I'm like, hey, can you help me with this real quick? Hey, can you show me how to do this real quick? Hey, I don't know where I'm going. You know where we going? Cool. Let me pull over real quick and see if this person can give me a landmark or some description of where we need to go. Like, I, it don't bother me. I'm like, hey, go ask somebody real quick. Yeah. And before, though, it wasn't always like that. And that didn't happen. So I was like in my 20s. Because I used to try to figure it out. And that hurt me in a lot of different aspects of my life. And one that I talk about um, in in an earlier episode is is when um, I was on the football team at Florida State University. And how people who have been on a team and who were in my position were there. And because I felt like I needed to experience it and I needed to figure it out and I needed to learn it, I tried to do it myself. And the only thing it did was set me back. And I missed on opportunities. I missed on, uh, you know, chances to to show and to shine and do things because I wouldn't ask for help because I felt like I needed to figure it out. And I shared that example in a previous episode, but I wanted to bring it back up again now. Um, and even with relationships, like going to talk to somebody as a man to get help to navigate the gray of your relationship is something that. Me personally, I was like, dang, I had to skip out on because we're going to figure this out. We're going to get through this. We're going to make it through. And I'm still a little hesitant about it just because that's just a part of who I am. But I'm definitely open and willing to to work through that because I do it with driving directions. I do it with this business. I do it with everything else. And I'm still working on it and trying to learn and figure out how to navigate through this relationship. But that's just something that men. And I know specifically me and I'm not going to say all men, but a lot of men that I know have been taught growing up like you're not required to ask for help. Figure it out like that's a part of manhood. Mm. So when you want to talk about one of the biggest lies. Yeah. And it's funny because since I've known you, I've known the you that will ask for help. Yes. So it's funny to hear that. Lucky, lucky you. Lucky lucky you. (laughs) Lucky me. Agree. But yeah, I mean, you've never had um, any issues with like, look, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where we're going. Let's let's figure it out. Like with the business, like we are trying to curate something ourselves. But there's definitely been times you're like, let's get an expert. Mm-hmm. Let's get an expert opinion, which I appreciate. And then there's times that I have pride too, and I'm like, no, we can do this ourselves. And you're like, no, we're just gonna get an expert. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, asking for help is something that I've seen you do over and over again. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll even tell you, I'll even go this far, like how we were talking about Jamal earlier. Like I remember there was a time when I was like financially strapped. And, you know, this was before we had kids, before he had kids. And I can share this story. Jamal let me come live with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And probably one of the toughest things that you can do is have recently gotten married and then let your brother come live with you. Yeah. 
this dude. But when you want to talk about figuring it out and you want to talk about not asking for help, yeah. like I was like, hey, man, like I need you right now. Yeah. And this and dude, he's and, family, and he's family and he let me yeah. come live with him. I'll Love forever him. be grateful for that. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't even know if I've ever shared that story. One day I'll talk about that full story of, yeah. of how I ended up living with Jamal for like a couple of months yeah. and his wife, Lori, right after he got married. Yes. And they Lori. took me and let me live with them. We should do an episode with them to talk about how that was there for their marriage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Probably like they probably had side conversations and, 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 you know, Lori didn't know me as well. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure, you know, what she had to say about it was differently than what he was expressing to me. But, um, no, good yeah, they are. But definitely oh, yeah. we talk about asking for help though. Like, yeah, that's hard. I could have easily been like, I got to figure this out. I'm going to yeah. sleep in my car and I'm going to do all of this stuff. But this was past when, you know, in my past, I probably would have did that, but I'm like, no, bump that. I'm like, hey, dude, like, I need you right now. Like, I'm struggling. I ain't got it. Yeah. And he was like, I got you. And if he wouldn't have did it, I would have asked somebody else. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Not that. I mean, I, I knew he was going to do it. And I went to my first yes because I knew it was going to be a yes. Yeah. But um, nah, definitely I'm more open to asking for help. I just hope more people just in general, not even men, just people in general yeah. would would be open to that but i know specifically for men and how i was brought up and how a lot of the men that i know were brought up is to figure it out yeah agree agree um so i think we did good with our three lies each yeah definitely yeah. i know we had more but i mean yeah I think those were for, at least for from my perspective for women those are probably the top three lies that i yeah. believe that women believe um i think so. i saved my third which was I think could have been my number one. Oh, geez. Yeah. But no, I got to it though. Okay. I got right. to it. Yeah. So no, it was I really my was fourth. Oh, okay. But I made it my third. Oh, okay. But it could have been my number one. <laughs> you do the math. I can't do that. <laughs> no, I have <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. Well, yeah, I think we're good. That was good. That was a good one. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yep. All right. Until the next time. Until the next time. We are out. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. If you like today's episode, please subscribe to the Success in Black and White podcast. You'll get notified every time a new episode is posted, which is every Tuesday. If you love this episode, help us spread the love. Rate and leave a review on our iTunes podcast episode. Also, share that you listen on social media and tag us on your posts. My social media handle is I am Daryl Lovett on all social media platforms. And mine is April Dawn Lovett on all social media platforms as well. Thanks for listening. Oh my gosh, you sound like Keith Sweat. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Oh, did it record? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>